right, so getting rolling here. Today's sermon is Under the Shadow of the Almighty. It's part one of a part two. I mentioned some synchronicity here uh, about the sermon. This uh, was given to me several weeks ago, and I spoke it to Pastor Andy on April 27th, I think it was, or April 29th, one of those. And he said, well, you know, I got some plans. Would you, why don't you just bring that uh, to BLF? And, and, and I said, well, I'd be happy to. And as it turned out that the um, separately, without sharing information, today's opening scripture was selected for this sermon without us coordinating. So the Holy Spirit obviously wants this to happen today, right? Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. So this is part one of a part two. So you can be thankful for that. If as a whole part, it's like an hour and and uh, and a half. But I've cut it in half, and I'll let you guess how much of it's on this side. Part one: abide. Before I get rolling, which I do, I think rolling might be what'll happen. I hope if uh, the Holy Spirit's message here is getting going. But I want to I want to preface this. Psalm ninety-one is a feel-good passage of Scripture. And it should be, it is, it is a feel-good passage, it should be, but it should be for the right reasons, right? But today, it's popular to to give a watered-down version of God's Word, and I think that's particularly true of Psalm 91. As a result, some people seem to get the notion that Psalm 91 is like this blank check to live any way they want, go anywhere they want, do anything they want to do because God is just going to follow them around and cover their tracks no matter what they do and no matter how they live. But that's not, that's not how it works. That's not what it says. And so today we're going to take a closer look and there won't be any water in this one. All right. So I'm going to ask you, please work with me and bear with me in this. Labor with me today. But be aware that the scriptures are going to come at you. They're going to come fast and they'll come a bit furious, but that's OK. All right. The main the main scriptures are in the bulletin. The main scriptures will be in the presentation. And if it's not, I'm going to call it out before I speak it. But even then, I got some leave behinds. So if you miss anything or if you're interested, I have four or five paper copies. I can email anybody. All of my scripture references are going to be available to you today. So just let me know and I'll be glad to share those out. Or we may even post them on the website. It it just depends. Praise the Lord. That's what's happening here today. And so I'm going to ask you to pray with me for this message and then we'll get into the scripture and we'll see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Heavenly Father, Lord my God, I thank you today. I pray sincerely from my heart, Lord, this message that you've been working, that it finds its way completely out, that it's given in every word of truth just the way that you have made it. Lord, it will hit its mark. It will not go out and come back void. Lord, something of permanent and eternal importance is happening right now. I thank you, Lord, for this privilege. I just ask you to watch over me, guard my heart, my spirit. Don't let me utter anything that that you don't want to utter, but only to speak the truth and to speak the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the truth. In your name, amen. 
Amen. All right, so let's all honor God by standing for the reading of his word. Psalm 91, we're going to do verses 1 through 8 today. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise God. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Hallelujah. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night. Hallelujah. Nor of the arrow that flies by the day, praise God, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, praise his name, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Glory to God. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. It will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Praise his holy name. All God's people, you got to say what? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, Psalm 91, a refuge in times of war. The Psalm 91 was given by David. Well, some will say, well, they can't prove who wrote it. The Holy Spirit knows who wrote it, right? And so David would be very apt to write Psalm 91 because he was a king of holy war. David established the kingdom, God's kingdom, in God's name, right? So David's no stranger to warfare, and he's no stranger to refuge. You remember in, in Chronicles and Kings and, and how he would have to hide in caves and find a fortress and a stronghold. He knows what he's talking about. And when you got an army of people and they're ready to put their lives on the line for what they believe, they need a motivational speech and they don't need some fluff they don't need some, how does the pastor put it, uh, lucky charms and, and, and unicorns or something. They need substance and truth. This is a motivational speech for people intended to do warfare, not sit back and watch the war, but to get in the war. All right. So you recall from movies and in, in the History Channel, if maybe you've watched uh, war documentaries. There's bunkers and there's trenches, right? Wars can't be won if you're just out in the open all the time. And so a good military leader knows you've got to have a secret place. You have to have a stronghold and a safe place. And it's not unusual to me to hear King David in his most facial speech saying, God is your safe place. God's your secret place. And God is your refuge. And you know what? It's no less true today. That, uh, than it was in those times. Look at what happens when you put your mind up to being engaged in the battlefield. Because we know, even though in David's time, it seemed like the, the war was against human beings, right? They had spears, and they had armor, and they had swords, and it was flesh, and it was blood, but we know the truth. Those people were demon-possessed. They were of the world. And the real battle is not of flesh and blood. 
It's in the hidden place. It's in, this, it's in the invisible realm with principalities and powers. Those same powers that occupied the zone of the enemy in those days, who have fallen by the sword of David and his army, those same powers are alive today. They've just moved right on and they're occupying different people in different ways today and they have different tactics. Our battle today is no less real than it was back then and our battle is the same. It's against the evil, invisible powers of this world and we better suit up. Praise God today, Psalm 91 is ours. We're covered with Psalm 91. Look what it affords us. Look here, it's a bunker. It's an armory, it's a clean room. It protects us. It gives us shelter. We're under God's wings. And that shield it talks about, it's a physical shield to protect your body from an arrow. It's a spiritual shield called faith that will protect your soul from any fiery dart of the devil. It says, in him I will trust. Trust is the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're covered. It doesn't matter if our bodies get injured. We're eternal. We're immortal. But he gives us the protection in the physical and he gives us the protection in the spiritual. Praise his holy name that we are covered. The shadow of the almighty is the safest place on earth for a Christian. Amen. And we need to enter into it. Amen. God's bunker, his secret place, you enter into it with faith but not just any faith. I've put two things on here and they can be a little bit, I don't know, they, I think about them a lot, right? Look at what's written here. 1 Corinthians 4, 20, New Living Translation, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. You don't get power by talking, no, you get power by doing. You enter into God's shelter, not with just any faith, not with a passive faith. That's not enough. You've got to enter in with an active faith. James said it differently. He said, faith by itself isn't enough. That's what I'm saying. See, I got that from the Bible, right? Faith isn't enough unless it produces good deeds it is dead and useless. You know, I hear, I see these bumper stickers for people. I think they don't really know what they're talking about. They say, I support my troops. Well, how? Because you got a bumper sticker? That isn't an active support. That soldier's not getting anything from your bumper sticker, but the 50 cents you paid that may, may go to help do it to the soldiers or something. I don't know how you support them with a bumper sticker, but if you get out your checkbook and you adopt a soldier or you adopt a soldier's family and you put some skin in the game, now you got some active faith. I, I respect you. you. You're supporting a soldier. I can put a bumper sticker with a fish on it on my car all day long and it's not going to get me under the shadow of the Almighty. But if I get my skin in the game and I get out my checkbook I get off my couch and I speak up and I do and I come in and maybe sweep a carpet in the house of the Lord. Whatever I do, I'm doing something active. That's how you get under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise God this morning. 
It's not enough to just have this active faith. You know, I'm going to use a word, radical. And that made, oh, you know, that's what you think of someone shaking and crazy. What? Wait a minute. Okay. I don't want to talk about that. The word radical. Let's, let's look at this. People who have an active faith, you know they're, they're active in their faith because they're radically sold out on Jesus Christ. And I'm going to use the word radical in the dictionary kind, although it probably works with the, the way we normally think of it. But radical in the dictionary, <clears throat> forgot, and I had a note on that. That's why I'm flipping the paper. But here's what I found in the dictionary. It's basis. Radical means a basis. People that are radical want to know the basis. They want to get down to it. It says foundational, fundamental. But I like this one. This one, it says thoroughgoing, radical, a thoroughgoing. Through and through, those with an active faith are sold out on Jesus through and through. They don't have pockets of air and fluff. They're, they go from the left to the right and everywhere in between sold out, radically sold out on Jesus Christ. They are so sold out that they're not of this world anymore. John 15, 19, Jesus said, you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. First John 2, 15, do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Christians aren't dependent on Congress and the president. Christians have a king, and that king's name is Jesus Christ, and the government is on his shoulders, and that government will never end. Christians aren't fearful of the economy. They have a hidden bank account. They have a treasure that's put up in heaven for all eternity where there is no corruption and where the economy will not come and take it out. It is safe and it is a fortune beyond your wildest imagination. Praise the Lord this morning. Christians aren't worried about how they dress and they're not worried about the latest fashion trend because they're wrapped in a robe of righteousness. They're already dressed like a princess and dressed like a prince. And it doesn't matter what the world sees because God has already put his robe of righteousness around you. Christians aren't concerned with titles and positions because they're already kings and queens in a kingdom that's eternal. Christians are not to blend in with this world. Christians will judge this world instead of them judging us. We are not of this world. We're supposed to stand out from it. We are supposed to be the beacons of light, the bastions of hope, the salt and the seasoning and the spice of life that draws the enemy out from the camp of the enemy and into the camp of Jesus Christ and under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise God, we're different. We're radically sold out. Hallelujah. Those who are radically sold out are, um, they're set apart. They're set apart as different and holy. Go to, well, you don't necessarily have to. I don't know if you'll be able to keep up with me. So I'll do this. John 17, 15 
through 17a. We're not apart. We are set apart as holy. Jesus uh, said in his prayer, he said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. We already know that, right? But to keep them safe from the evil one. To Psalm 91 them is what Jesus is saying. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Holy, set apart, standing out, different, peculiar, odd, marked, signed, sealed, delivered, and wrapped in the blood of Jesus Christ. Not part of the world, part of the kingdom of God. Those who are radically sold out on Jesus Christ are those that are suiting up for battle and they don't put on just one part of it. Oh my goodness, how silly to put on a helmet if you don't put on your armor. A spear's gonna find you if you don't suit all the way up, right? You have to have on the full armor of God. Is that what? Paul said that. He said, Ephesians 6, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will be standing firm. And I'm going to guess that you would see a thousand fall at your side, but it will not come near you because you're impenetrable. Not because you feel good, not because you read the words, but because you got up and you put on the armor of God with an act of faith. That's how you suit up. You don't intend to go out into a battle naked. In that armor, there's a belt of truth. There's the body armor of God's righteousness. There's a shield of faith. By the way, Paul says, that puts out those fiery arrows that we heard about. And there's a helmet of salvation. Those who are suited up can expect the following. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 your right hand, it will not come near you. Amen. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. Praise, praise God this morning. That's not, unfortunately, for everybody. That's only for the people that suit up with the full armor of God, not part of it, all of it. If you do, that song, you should feel so good about Psalm 91. You should be jumping for Psalm 91 because he has Psalm 91 you. Praise God this morning. Radically sold out on God's word means that you're radically sold out on Jesus Christ means you're radically sold out on God's word. So let's finish, Paul, in Ephesians 6, 17. Here's the second part of that verse. He said, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here's the map to the safe place. Here's how you get to the bunker. Not part of it. We need to read all of it. We need to get into the word and dig deep. We need to trench in and read it as though our very lives depend on it because quite literally 
Our lives do depend on it. Not some of it, all of it. The full armor of God, the full word of God. Hey, you're there. I feel pretty strong right now. I trust God. I know I'm not perfect. You know you're not perfect, but we are so covered in our imperfection by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I am feeling really good for the right reason about Psalm 91. Thank you, Lord. Under the shadow of the Almighty, it calls for abiding faith. I didn't come here to give a, a lexicon lesson today. And uh, that's a fancy word for dictionary. So, but you, you can see, and I'd like to, I have full disclosure, that word loom is a Hebrew word. That's what's written in the book. And uh, it means exactly what I wrote up there. And I got that out of the dictionary, the Hebrew one. And, uh, and I put a scripture here from the Passion Translation, in case you wondered what TPT stands for. But in the Passion, it says, when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, and by the way, that's the word also that's in Hebrew, Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. Hallelujah. I love the way it says that. But it gets that word so right. Abide. When you remain, you can't go in and out and do the hokey pokey with God's camp. Right? You've got to remain there. And if that's not enough, it's the same thing a thousand years later in the New Testament. There's a Greek word, minu, to remain. <laughs> to dwell and to continue and to adore. I put two verses here, uh, one from a new King James. He will give you another helper. This is Jesus. Jesus said this. He will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will abide with you forever. He's not going to do the hokey pokey on you. He's going to abide. He's going to remain with you forever. The Passion Translation says, he will never leave you. Wow, praise him. Praise him. But then we find over here, Jesus said, well, you got to have more than just a bunch of talk. We can't have a bag of air over here. There's got to be something in the bag. He said, if you are truly my disciples, if you remain faithful to my teachings, right? That's what you get Psalm 91. You can't just throw his teachings aside and then think the shadow is going to follow you around. But I can guarantee if you do that, that shadow is going to cover you wherever you go. Praise God this morning. Same word, same meaning, mean you. You can't do the hokey pokey with God's camp. God's camp is over here and the camp of the world is over there. And what's in the middle there? What's that, a neutral zone or a gray area? Does not exist. You're either in God's camp or you're not. And I can guarantee you the enemy is patrolling that perimeter of the camp and he's waiting for you to take your left foot in and stick your left foot out. And when you take and stick your left foot out, he's going to grab it and he will shake you all about. And the reason I know is because it happened to me. And if you do the hokey pokey, it's going to happen to you. 
1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. He might as well have said, under the shadow of the Almighty, because I believe the same Holy Spirit that gave David that, those words, gave those same words to Peter. And Peter said it his way and David said it his way, but it's all God's way and it's all the same way, right? You can't do the hokey pokey. You've got to stay in God's camp. James said it, but James said it differently. James said, temptation comes from our own desire, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. When you have something hanging outside of the camp this morning, is it a, a crowd of people you know you don't belong with? Is it a hangout that you know you don't belong there? Is it a certain type of entertainment that you know doesn't befit God's people? Cut it off or bring it in, but don't dabble. Don't dabble. Praise the Lord this morning. Get inside the secret shelter and stay there. Now, I told you I did the hokey pokey and he got a hold of me. And I tell you what, I am so grateful that I survived. God gave me a second chance. There's not a one of us here that's not wholly and completely dependent on God for his mercy. Not one of us. And if it happens, there's a way back. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's our Lord God of second chances. You know, the Bible talks a lot about second chancers, but it doesn't do much for quitters, right? You may be out lost in the world and wandering about, but in your heart, you know you're lost. You want to come back. He'll bring you back. Praise his name. He wouldn't let me go. He let me wander about, but he wouldn't let me go. Thank you, Lord. Praise you today. You know, Peter... He had a tough time, didn't he? And I don't get all up self-righteous about Peter because I, I never stood there and denied the Lord in public like Peter did. Well, you know my actions can. I don't have to say I never knew him. I can act like I never knew him. And actions speak louder than words, don't they? I'm guilty. And I think you, you know what I'm talking about. Peter's heart was pierced. He was immediately repentant. But his Lord had already been crucified, right? But the Lord knows Peter's heart. And he met him on the seashore in Galilee. And he said, three times he asked him. He wanted to restore him. And he said, Simon, do you love me? And he said, you know, I love you. And Jesus said, show me. Prove it to me. If you love me, have an active faith. Feed my sheep. Peter made good on his promise, didn't he? 
Yes. He became a shepherd of a great flock. He made good on his promise to God. God reinstated him. Praise God for his second chance. Peter proved his faith. He died on a cross for Jesus Christ. David. Oh, my goodness. David played around and got outside of the camp of God. We all know what happened with David. God saw his heart. A man after God's own heart. It can happen to anybody. And that's, we cannot be proud. But we can take these lessons and we can pray. David wanted to come back. God knows his heart. And uh, David wrote these words. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then, then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Restore me. I promise I'll prove and make myself good on this promise. I promise that your kingdom will be enlarged by letting me come back under your shadow. It takes an active faith, people. You have to get in there. You can't play hokey pokey. You got to get in there and you got to stay in there. But praise the Lord. He's a God of second and third chances if necessary. Hallelujah. Under the shadow of the Almighty, the shadow of the Almighty is the safest place on earth for those that suit up with the full armor of God. It's a secret shelter for God's people. It's entered by active faith, but it takes an abiding faith. And I've made up my mind. I'm suiting up and I'm staying suiting up and I am going to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I pray the same for you today.